This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 366th installment of MuggleCast. <laughs> Look at this. We're all together. If you're listening to this on a leap day, uh, then or Voldemort day, then this episode's for you. Hmm. <sighs> We're in New York City. Yeah. We just saw... Five and a half hours worth of The Cursed Child. <laughs> and some of us for the first time. We've retired to our hotel room now. Eric and I are having a nightcap. Micah has decided to stay sober. But that's okay. <laughs> um, so we're going to get Micah and Eric's thoughts on The Cursed Child. Lots to talk about. And uh, we're actually streaming it live on uh, Patreon. Hi, patrons. Hello, patrons. Hello, Katie. katie who just left us we must thank katie highly for uh the cursed child code that we got from her this she's the reason we could see it tonight it was excellent seeing uh the show with her as well and uh i'm glad we could get together and do this Mm -hmm. this has just been kind of a fun week and a fun gathering uh you know to have you guys in town and and for all three of us to be together is always a special occasion and eric's wearing his voldemort day shirt that i'm he wearing just bought. voldemort day shirt yeah this is cool like i wasn't gonna buy anything i was not gonna buy one single thing no pens no quills no nothing but the end of part two when the uh voldemort day sign came up i said you know what i like that i'm gonna buy a shirt of that <laughs> what did you buy micah uh, i got a few free pins <laughs> <laughs> on the way out they are still handing out keep the secrets pins after you leave part one and part two, which is pretty funny. I, uh, I don't still know know why. I guess at this point they're encouraging you to keep the secrets of what's happening on stage because I everybody knows the plot at this point. Well, I don't know what was happening on like I don't know how I would explain in a way that was that would be spoilery what's so, happening on stage. So I guess the big question is how do you two feel about the play? Now that you've seen it, you spent the past year and a half being weary about it because of the story. Now that you've seen it, mm-hmm. what are you feeling? I'll go first. I'll, and, and I think I said it uh, when we went to dinner and I've said it to both of you since is that I'm still not sold on the story. Uh, and I think, number one, unless you're a Potter fan, and I think, Eric, you mentioned that you heard somebody either behind us or near us say the same thing. It's, it's it's a little difficult to follow what's going on. Uh, I think that there's a lot of um, hat tips to uh, different characters and different plot lines from the Potter series. So if you haven't read the Potter books, there is a little bit of difficulty. I think fo- even I followed or had trouble following some of the transitions mm-hmm. uh, at times and kind of wondering, okay, what's exactly going on here? But all of that said... I think the experience and what they were able to produce inside this theater uh, from an effects standpoint was absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And and I would say that there has not been anything on Broadway that's been done that's like this. I mean, you you actually you can't even figure out how some of this stuff is being done. I mean, it's, it's you know where you're talking about Dementors coming down from the the rafters or um, a lot of the um, the magic that's being done, uh, and and you know you think you're going to see somebody like pulling somebody up on a string or kind of in the background, but like all this stuff is being done in the dark, which which I have to give a lot of credit to the people behind the scenes doing that because 
it's just it's really really impressive i i would say for the the experience of it alone i know there are a lot of people out there that don't like the plot of cursed child um i i'm not gonna say i warmed up to it um i still struggle with it just a little bit but uh yeah overall i would i would definitely recommend it yeah, I, I, I have to say, like, um, sorry, the camera's got me distracted. <laughs> I'm showing patrons, you guys, real quick. We, hey, what's we up? We don't have the camera set up right for video. Patrons, but this is crazy. Quick glimpse. Hey. We're going to release video later, though. We have a different yeah, camera Yeah, I got going. my cameras right over there. Recording video. How um, about you, Eric? What? Your thoughts on Cursed Child. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're, okay, hi. I'll um, stop. No, everything, yeah, it's distracting. Every Everything everybody said about Cursed Child uh, from seeing it live is true, right? Like, um, the the magic effects and the costumes and, God, watching them duel or escape Dementors or, or anything on stage is, is amazing. And, and I, I don't give away that, that, that... I don't admit to that easily. Uh, it's phenomenal what they did on stage. What they accomplished in these five hours from a practical effects and staging and acting you know dramatic standpoint uh is really unsurpassed i've not seen anything like it and i don't expect to i mean i'd I'd like to believe that something like cursed child showing up on broadway in new york city right now really ups the bar for future productions to do crazy stuff but if you don't have the basis of jk rowling's wizarding world such a rich tapestry on which to weave then, you know, it's going to be a long time before mm-hmm. any show even rivals what is currently existing in, 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 in the Cursed Child Broadway. Yeah. Um, the theater was also very beautiful, too. We knew that they had done a giant renovation, millions upon millions of dollars to renovate it. And in fact, it was such a big renovation that there were less seats than what were previously in the Lyric Theater. Right. And it looks brand new. I mean, it feels like a whole new theater, which is very rare for Broadway. Usually these theaters are very old and they'll get a good, you know, a good scrub down and uh, some new carpet and new wallpaper from time to time, maybe. But this was just a top to bottom. You could tell. I mean, I almost thought that I was inside a Wizarding World theme park attraction. Yeah. Like that lobby area. And the, the carpet with the H's for Hogwarts on it. And then that gorgeous Patronus mural in the one area. Yeah. Uh, that that just entryway you walk into. Everything was just very beautiful. It's so funny because it is like... It's it's also distinctly for Harry Potter. Like it's absolutely... Yeah. There's no other play that could ever run here. Right. Without them doing some kind of remodel to take it down. Right. Um, it, there was even... It almost had like a library feel too. Because in like one of the refreshment rooms there was like books up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just as decor. <laughs> but yeah, they know Curse Child's going to be there from now until the end of time. So why not go all out and make it Harry Potter themes? Because it'll be there, what, 10 years? 20 oh, years? Uh, possibly. Yeah. 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 Somebody asked me, though, um, you know, afterwards, is it is it better as a play than it was as a, a script book? And, and all I can say to that is... You know, it's a better experience seeing the play than sitting at home and reading the script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's pretty easy to say that the, the the story is the same. And we noticed a couple changes to the script, but the dialogue is the same as in the script book. When you see these these actors who we were fortunate enough to catch, you know, the seven actors who had opened the play on the West End are now opening it on Broadway. Um, when you see them deliver the lines... 
it adds an additional, like, I think I was able to gloss over some of the character beats more about, you know, whether a character felt like Harry or whether a character really would say something because you could see them, they were saying those things and you Mm kind of got to get in your head with the world of the show that this is that kind of a world. But at some points, the script was still distracting to me. At some points, the poor script, the poor story still stood out to me, unfortunately, while I I was enjoying it. Hearing people actually say, Scorpion King out loud, ridiculous. Absolutely dumb. Where's The the, Rock? Where's Dwayne Johnson? Where's Dwayne Johnson? I expected him to pop out. Hey, what's going on? Go see Rampage. You know, (laughs) I no idea, right? There's still some some glaring errors, I think, on the part of the story. But that's it. Literally, that's that's it. The the plot, the 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 costumes, the set pieces. Oh my god, the set pieces, the magic. It's absurd. It's so good. Yeah. Um there's a couple characters I want to talk about, but do you have anything to say in regards to what he was just saying? I think I let the the dialogue really take a back seat because I when I went into it, I went into it from the standpoint of the the theme park or something else that's Potter related that you know you go to to enjoy, mm-hmm. right? And and it's not I don't look at it as being the eighth book. I, that's not my my take on it. I don't I don't really look at it as being much canon, even though J.K. Rowling has said uh, that it is. I, I I just went there, you know, to 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 go and and to um, you know go go in with an open mind, and and I think that. I have less issue with with the the script and the story outside of just it wasn't uh, I found it hard to follow at times. Mm-hmm. But you know the script now, so like I didn't like the first time I saw it, I found it hard to follow. But that's because I had a couple screwdrivers, <laughs> and it was the first time that I had no script book going into it. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? Right. So it must have like I guess you were still processing it for the first time. This time I didn't have. A hard time following because I f- just because I knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I think that was from the script book. Knowing, remembering the script book because obviously we've talked about it so much. Yeah, and in terms of story, I felt this time I accepted it. The story wasn't bothering me. I wasn't like, oh my god, this play is so ridiculous. Yeah. I'm just like, I guess I'm so. It's almost like I'm condi- I'm conditioned to it now. Right. It's like I'm not angry or disturbed like i guess if i take a few steps back i'll be like wow (laughs) what yeah but now i'm just so used to it it doesn't feel like yeah well i think part of that is the achievement of the special effects too like you look Mm -hmm. at something like a trolley witch scene which is totally you know hotly contested among people who like and don't like cursed child people who even like cursed child are like that trolley witch scene is awful and i don't care for it but i love the trolley witch scene in the book but just the way that you see her, uh, you know, her nails extend from her hands and you're like, how the hell do they do that? You kind of accept how crazy it is because it is happening. It's yeah. happening in front of you. You can't tell how they did it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real win for them. Like like every practical or, ma- or magical effect in this that's in this show, I don't know how they did it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I agree. And, and I think another area to talk about would be the the polyjuice transformation on stage was just crazy to watch because you know we could sit there and say you know how did they do it was there a secret trap door that one of them dropped through were they standing back to back against each other you know what kind of crazy 
things that they, I, I almost wonder like, who they consulted to do a lot of these different, yeah. um, they are in, in their own way, magic acts. Like they, they it's as if you were going to see a magic show. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Andrew just turned on the air conditioning. Yeah. There are three of us in this room, yeah. Uh, but but do you agree with that? It, yeah, I, I would say you know is it like David Blaine was was working Chris with Angel, them? special yeah. consultant Chris Angel. Just because they were that impressed, and I'm not I'm not just like kind of blowing smoke here. I, I was really I was really impressed by a lot of that stuff. This yeah. will pick up on the audio, you know. I know. Well, I'm thinking I can just noise remove it. Then let's. It's do, on low. It's let's, just so let's, loud. Yeah, know, Why is it so loud? Let's do ten seconds of silence. So we okay. Can... That's half of our. <laughs> it's Hopefully, okay, the I patrons promise. are enjoying. Can we just turn it on? I, I, you can turn it off if you want. It was just getting hot in here. I know, I know, it is. I know. But you can take your shirt off. <laughs> um, by the way, I love loud noises for sleeping, so I hope you guys don't oh, mind that being Oh, I'm cool with sleeping. Noise. I get hot yeah, white noise. Anyway. Love white noise. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm all over that. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you wanted to talk about characters, but... Oh, well, the, but just on the Polyjuice Potion point, like, that was my favorite effect, and knew, knowing what it was going to look like, I was looking forward to seeing it a second time and trying to figure out, you know, how do they do that? But you still don't really know. It's either they come up from under the stage or they sneak up from behind, but there's still the whole getting under the cloak thing, the transition into the new character I'm talking yeah. about. Um, so it's a mystery, but hey, that's, you know... And every the time fun of it. that is the fun of it, and every time it happens, they almost it just seems like they do it from a different position on the stage or something. So if there's a trapdoor, wow, it's ever moving. And then there is it's true. There's moments where the stage moves, and then also with the polyjuice, sometimes like I, like at the ministry scene, like they deliberately right before they transform, they turn to the side, and there's nobody behind them. You just it's crazy. Like yeah. it's it just it's as if a magician. The way I compared it in the show is as if magician is rolling up his sleeve saying nothing under here nothing under there and then blowing your minds right they're deliberately i think challenging people to try and figure out how they did it it's they're so confident in their you know achievement and it's yeah. it's it actually really works we have so much to talk about on this week's episode of MuggleCast, but first, it's time to tell you about our sponsor this week. They are Blue Apron. They are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and I love using Blue Apron. It takes the guesswork out of food shopping and gives you everything you need to make grown-up meals. <laughs> I would never be able to cook what I do if it weren't for Blue Apron. They send you everything you need in a box, all fresh, including instructions. Then you fire up your stove and you get cooking. It is a blast to do at the end of the day. I love working with my hands after staring at a computer screen all day and just focusing on real objects in front of me and making something good. And then after you pulled off your latest amazing meal, you spend some time eating it with friends and family. And you can create new memories sitting at the dinner table, eating a great meal that you made. You know what else is awesome about Blue Apron? Their partnerships. They've done things with popular TV shows before, like MasterChef Junior, where a kid's recipe will be one of the recipes you make on a given week. Now they're teaming up with Airbnb. For six weeks from April 16th through May 21st, Blue Apron is teaming with Airbnb to bring you the best home cooking from around the world each week. Their menu will feature a recipe developed in collaboration with an Airbnb experienced host like Cece, a chef from Shanghai who makes incredible Kung Pao chicken, a beloved sticky, saucy mix of crispy brown chicken and vegetables. 
I love these partnerships because they really shake up the menus and give you really, really unique stuff. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Again, that's blueapron.com slash mugglecast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. So in terms of characters, there's two I wanted to talk about. First of all, the, one of the biggest characters, Scorpius. Yeah. Well, first of all, I should say this whole cast, the, the leads came over from London. They opened the London show. I think these people are perfect. And seeing them all at the end, you know, for the applause, the I was just like, this is a great freaking cast. To me, they are now very closely associated with these Harry Potter characters. I would agree. And seeing their commitment, not just in performing hundreds of shows on the West End, but then coming to Broadway to do yeah. it, um, showcases that they believe in this show in a very real way. And actually, you know, I was I had that same thought during the curtain call, like, or, or even just before when the show was wrapping up, I was like... These people are part of a Harry Potter family in a, in a huge mm-hmm. way, in a, in a community. Harry Potter has changed and shaped their, you know, in many cases, adult careers, uh, but lives the same way it has any of ours. Yeah. I, I mean, probably in a bigger way. Um, but seeing them, you know, committed to their roles of, of doing Harry, Ron, Hermione, every joke, whether it landed or not, everything, you know, just kind of impressed me, I think. And, well, all uh, of Ron's jokes all landed. Of, well, uh, yeah, that's true, I think. I think. I think, yeah, I think it was. And and I was saying to you, Andrew, earlier, just it's impressive to me to learn five hours worth of dialogue. And yeah. I know yeah. they had a lot of practice coming over from London, but they did not, at least to us or to me, miss a beat. Like mm-hmm. they, they may have improvised at times and none of us would be the wiser for it unless we were sitting there with a script book going line by line. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was I was just... And not only the lines, but like the movements and and all the different things that they had to keep on track being in a new theater. I'm sure they got plenty of practice, but this is their first. I know they've they've done some um, previous or some previews and then obviously they did Sunday night. But really, this is one of their first shows in front of a first show we could get tickets to public audience. It's also nice. Apparently, they didn't have shows Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. You were saying? Yeah. Because the, the J.K. Rowling event was Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, you couldn't buy tickets for her. So, right. in theory, this was their first show after two days off. So, you know, in theory, they're fresh. and Yeah, for actually, pu- public audience. And that's their schedule normally, isn't it? Come to think of it. Well, no, Monday, Tuesday, they have only one part. So, they are... I think... I'm pretty sure they have shows Monday, Tuesday. No, I thought that was Wednesday and or sorry, Thursday and Friday are one part, and then Saturday they do two, like they did on Wednesdays. We'll have to look it up. I know that when was telling me that. twice a week they do both shows, but every other night I think, or they have a night off. I think they have two nights off, oh, and I think that's because they do two parts in one day. Oh, okay, twice a week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll, I'll but, look it up. I'll yeah, look. well, um, but speaking of general audiences, though, because I, I think we really did have a New York audience, and and granted, there were Harry Potter fans there. You could tell, you know, some people in robes, and that was exciting to see. But there weren't near as many, I think Katie pointed this out too, there weren't near as many cheers uh, as there might have been for certain Mm. moments in the first part, especially. Mm. And I wondered if we hadn't, in fact, gotten, you know, a a New York audience of laypersons who did not read Harry Potter. And I wonder if that speaks to what you were saying, Micah, about the play being a little excluding or exclusive. I, I... 
I'm just looking now, by the way, and yeah, they're off on Mondays and Tuesdays. Oh, and Tuesdays. So Wednesdays today, both, both they parts. do part one and part two. Thursday is part one. Friday's part two. Saturday, part one, part two. Sunday, part one and part two as oh, well. Oh, so they're doing part one and part two three nights a week. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Somebody had told me earlier that they alternate on Sundays. So like the first Sunday is just part one. Then the second Sunday is just part two. Huh. But yeah, they're doing two shows three nights And this a is week. a lot of like, that's the craziest thing is five hours, like you said, five hours of dialogue. It's insane. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, but I mean, they're physically there too. That's the crazy thing. Like this is so much more important than film, than, than viewing Harry Potter film because the... Everything from the choreography, these actors, these bodies walking on stage, running across stage, interacting with each other, and the set pieces that are constantly moving yeah. is extremely impressive. They have to nail every single ingredient, you know? They're not standing in one place that the camera happens to be focused and chatting. They're everywhere. They're moving around in three-dimensional space, and in some cases, four-dimension, if you include, like, fly space and the crazy, like, whatever's underneath the the stage that we don't know about it's just so 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 impressive yeah what was i going to talk about characters oh, yeah so scorpius yeah love scorpius love the whole cast scorpius is probably one of the standout standouts because he's fun but serious he's smart he's like the hermione however and we were all talking about this at dinner in between parts one and part parts one and two he is very screamy where it's like ah like albus how could you Instead of like, from what I remember, which is like, Albus, how could you? Or that's a bad impression. I but think he's, he's coming he's in like, puberty. No, I don't think it's that because they're still older. Well, you, yeah, but you saw it like two years ago, right? Yeah, but they, he wasn't like 14. No, I thought they were. I thought Anthony Boyle and, and uh, the other actor were. Uh, no, I think they're they're in their 20s. Oh, but, okay. Um, but it was, it was like, uh, I'll, okay, I'll try it again. In London, he was like, Albus, how could you? Whereas this time he's like, Albus, how could you? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get a knock on the wall. <laughs> oh, oh, we're the cleaning ladies to yeah, somebody else's too podcast. Too loud, too loud. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but it was just, and we, somebody else or you guys or yeah. somebody else at dinner was saying, like, it's constantly screaming. And it was actually grating on my ears. And we were like, how does he keep screaming for five how hours? How does he still have a voice five yeah. hours later? Yeah. I mean, there's a two-hour break to get water or, you know, whatever. Or, yeah, or but still, like, honey. It's, it's a lot. I actually was getting uncomfortable hearing him speak. Well, it's weird. It's a lot to get used to. I think, speaking of that New York audience, uh, who were quiet for most of it, they still, they came around. They held on his every beat. Like, he had the most laughs per the show. I think the show's designed that way. But, like, everyone was with him. Everyone was rooting for him. And especially come Act 3, when he's got, when he starts off, you know, you know, doing a lot of it on his own, everyone was rooting for him. And it, But it was a lot to get used to, I think. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting that. Especially when he's playing 11 or 12 or 13 the first hour of the show. Yeah. Um... You know, I was wondering if it was at first trying to disguise the fact that his voice was just naturally deeper, but then he continued to, you know, do the scream talking kind of thing mm -hmm. later on. He's just being hysterical, but I'm wondering, like, when the time comes to recast, and I I love this cast, by the way. I wouldn't change this cast for this show. Can't imagine having seen it with anyone else except these seven, but when it comes time to recast, will they rely on, will they cast another actor with a deeper voice that has to shout scream his lines or will they cast somebody who can go a little higher pitched when he's being you know excitable mm -hmm. did did scorpius please you Micah? 
it, the voice didn't bother me. I mean, I, I thought it added to the effect. Okay. And, and did you like the character, I guess? Cause I would say he's the most unique character. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would I say that. if you were asking me my favorite character from the show, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I liked Ron. I thought he was, uh, you know, there for the comedic effect most of the time. Uh, but Scorpius was definitely the standout mm-hmm. performer mm-hmm. Uh, across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my other <laughs> complaint <laughs> was McGonagall. Mm. Uh, she, it was clearly an American trying to put on a Scottish accent and it was not working at all. I'm not even going to try to impersonate it, but she was just like, go, she would just be like, uh, I I can't do a Scottish accent, so it's hard for me to demonstrate. But she would just go, she would just go like up and down in her notes, so to speak, mm-hmm. in in her levels, and it would felt like she was just in this circle of like go up, go down, go up, go down, and suddenly that makes you Scottish, as well as trying to put on a Scottish accent. But she would naturally or accidentally slip back into her natural American accent. I, it was, and that she was also grating on my ears too. I will. I I didn't feel that. I I I can see what you're talking about. I think that got better maybe as the show went on. But I think what, it got worse. But but what that comes down to for me too is, uh, and I, t- I talked to somebody about this, but the these actors imitating their movie counterparts, like that's that's a big thing for me, is because you know. McGonagall isn't necessarily Scottish. She might be now on Pottermore if you look it up. But Maggie Smith is Scottish, and this is somebody trying to do Maggie Smith's McGonagall. And I'm very, regardless of how you feel about McGonagall, I'm so glad they didn't do it with Snape. I'm so glad. Yes, that was going to be my next question. The Snape actor, who I actually loved, but he's not in it very much, um, is very much his own Snape. And somebody, I somebody mentioned Dumbledore was channeling like Richard Harris, and I agree with that. Like that was very much a a Harris style of Dumbledore. But where these characters were allowed to be their own as they exist in this world portrayed by these actors, that's where the characters succeeded the most. I think mm-hmm. somebody doing a movie impression, which again is good for general audiences, because general audiences who've only seen the movies will respond to that as their character. Um, but I, I think in general where it succeeds is where characters were allowed to be a new interpretation because that's very much what this play boldly tries to do is, is take these characters in new different directions. I, yeah. Yes, I, I agree with you. I, I, the, the issue that I had with Snape was the way that he was written, not the way that he was necessarily portrayed mm. just because the Snape that we all know from the series was not the Snape that was on stage. Just the way that he was interacting with Scorpius, you know, is his attitude, his his sort of perspective, his bond with Hermione and Ron, uh, you know, in that scene, the way they seem to have this relationship with each other. Yeah, it just wasn't very Snape-like. You know, he has this sternness to him. And I understand certainly that, you know, we when we do think of, Snape, we think of Alan Rickman and, and the way that he portrayed him just so perfectly. But uh, that that part two for me, uh, and we can talk about this as well, mm-hmm. was not as strong as part one. I, if we were to go back to the questions from last week and say which part would I go back to see, I would go mm-hmm. back to see part one. I would not go back to see mm-hmm. part two. Oh, I would go back to see part two. Part two has like... 200% more flying, 
more uh it's yeah less polyjuice but everything from the alternate reality dementors and stuff mm. uh if i could relive one scene though umbridge was great by the way umbridge umbridge was very good yeah uh again sort of their sort of their own thing but very reminiscent still of dolores umbridge myrtle was a complete copy um, yeah. I'll, well, and you mentioned those two characters. I'd say those two characters had some of the biggest audience reactions when Umbridge first walked out. I think there was a big like applause. Yeah. <laughs> and then Myrtle was just very funny, and she was getting the audience laughing. Myrtle actually killed it, like in a good way. I th- I felt I felt that actress did a lot. I mean, she's she's doing sort of acrobatics, like she's she's flexing on uh, a rim of a sink and the sink it the rim is spinning and she's doing all this uh movement like yoga different positions or whatever um while delivering her lines and i i thought it worked really well like i would i would i would rewatch that scene and she's got the hots the hots for harry which is funny yeah i don't know where she became hypersexualized. it must have been <laughs> but like that's movie canon i guess in movie four when everything's weird and hypersexed at, at Hogwarts, it's... Uh... You've always been confident. <laughs> uh, hello, Ginny's right here. <laughs> yeah. She was enjoying it, though. Yeah. Ginny, oh, do you think this play did Ginny well? I want to ask you that. You do were you looking forward to I was, I was, That was one of the things I said I was looking forward to, is doing Ginny justice. And I think the Ginny in this play is the Ginny that has to work for this play. I I, I, I liked her just fine. I think Poppy Miller is her actress, I, I, I think. And um, I, I actually liked her better than I thought I would, so that's good. Yeah, um, I like Ginny in the show. As Ginny, yeah. Ginny in the show has an important role. It's not a leading role, but it's an important role. She's just always underutilized in the movie. Yeah. And she's very shy the whole time. And in this, she's come into her own and... Yeah, they don't make it so that she's exactly like a Molly Weasley carbon copy. No. So that's good. They they do give her, you know, a couple extra scenes with Harry where it's important. And in the end, I buy the relationship between Harry and and uh, Ginny and, and Ron mm-hmm. and Hermione. Yeah. So I, I, and, and speaking of Ron and Hermione, like that pairing that I was looking forward to, I liked that a lot. And I think there was even an overt commentary to like, well, we may not always be together in alternate universes, but we're together now. Yeah. Kinda. Well, I actually found it quite beautiful how, like, they wanted to, they kissed in the alternate reality. Because, like, they knew deep down that they, they were meant, to, meant be. to be for each other. Yeah, and how Hermione was miserable without Ron in, yeah. in the second, or, or in the first alternate reality. She was just confused. mean as a teacher, yeah. you know? So, I thought that was sweet. Yeah, Definitely. Character-wise, I, I said this uh, probably during dinner in between the two parts, but I want I, I want the, the guy who plays the Sorting Hat to have his own show uh, where we learn the thousand-year history of the Sorting Hat because I thought he was amazing. Um, they kind of have him be like an extra, I don't know, like narrator, but like um, he's present on stage even when not acting. He's the one who sets up some of the magic, like some of the stages. He's like the one who brings out... Yeah. I don't know, a handbag for magic to sprout out of or something. Yeah, he was also Hagrid, I think. I think that was the same guy. And yeah. maybe Bane. Maybe Bane and... Uh, the Patronus Holder. Patronus Holder, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, and I want to talk about that. The Patronus, very cool. One of you was like, why wasn't it the whole body? But the head... <laughs> that wasn't me. Was me. it you? Uh, Michael was like, why wasn't the whole Patronus? Oh my, well, they did a whole centaur, let's be clear. Yeah, come on. That was pretty cool. No, well, I'm just saying, they, they invested all this 
time, energy, effort into creating all this magic that you're seeing, why would you just have somebody walking out with like a uh, horse on a head? Because the head was the dough on fire. It yeah, was a white they, fire. They, they, they did could... use actual fire, and I yeah. don't know how the hell they made it burn white. Yeah, that was very cool. I think that was one of the, my favorite special effects because, like, going into this, how would you have imagined they'd done a Patronus and it without mm-hmm. it looking stupid? And I think that was one of the most shocking and coolest ways to do it. It's it's a white fire, and it, and you still see the yeah. dough. It it was the one effect where I could see the person behind it holding it. Yeah. And that, like, even when chairs are floating around, you have no idea how the hell they're floating around. There's nobody behind. There's no fingers, like, black fingers holding them. Isn't that on purpose, though? Because if you're seeing them hold the head, then you're not wondering where the rest of the body is. Whereas if you just saw the head, you'd be like, well, where's the rest of the body? It could be, yeah. Well, it was clearly, like, it's it's an intentional decision, right? Yeah. Um, It's just like when the sorting hat guy is just holding a cap, you're not like, where's the rest of the sorting hat? You know, (laughs) he is the sorting hat. It was weird that it was, like, a bowler cap, but I... And it worked. I don't. I don't care. It worked. Like it was. Yeah. It was really good stuff. And that guy was great. I'm trying to think other standout characters. I mean, every every bit part was played in intentionally. Like you believe in Almost Dickory. You believe in um, Dumbledore in those moments with the portrait. You really kind of the uh, time travel transitions were very cool as well. Where it's like, oh my god! You know that's my favorite effect. I can't believe we made it what 30 minutes in and not talked about this. That <laughs> how do they do that? I think what it is, it's projection mapping. This is like a popular thing they do on Disneyland castles now They to make the castles like move and come to life. I think they're projection mapping the back of the stage where all the pillars are and whatnot. And then the projection map, which is just like a giant screen, essentially, it goes in and out. And then with that cool effect, which is like, they do it probably twenty times in the show. Yeah. I never tired of seeing it. Yeah, I wanted to see it every time, and I was like, yes. And the first time, everybody was like, "Whoa!" It looks like a ripple effect mm-hmm. on everything. It looks like the, I mean, time itself. It looks like you're going through a bubble, like a or a, yeah. I, it was a very good way to establish that time was moving. Did they do that in the West End too? Yeah, that, that but that still took my breath away tonight, seeing it for the first time, like it did everybody yeah. else, because it's so impressive. Oh my god! And you got to think some of the tech has probably been upgraded since the London one. Yeah. So maybe even in London, well, the Owl has certainly been upgraded. Yeah. So the Owl, actually, a lot of people listening live are wondering uh, <laughs> about the Owl. It was not a live Owl, but. They, there was an owl, and it shoots straight across to deliver a letter. Do you remember what the letter was about? Um, that Albus and Severus had been gone missing. Scorpius were missing. Oh, Albus and Scorpius had uh, escaped the train. Something like that, yeah. And yeah. there's at least halfway through part one. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, is I, I definitely absolutely think that uh, how they do Expelliarmus probably works like they have a, a, like the wands get sucked into their sleeve and then come out of their sleeve. Yeah. And that was definitely, like, coordinated with the bird that was coming across for Harry to have the letter shoot up or oh, whatever. Okay. I think that has to be how they how they did that. Cause, mm. But every everything was on, like, completely on point. It was just absolutely, like, astonishingly achieved. Yeah. That's all I can say. So Right. And how there were no problems, really. Yeah, there was you no... Know, any, like, no, nothing went... Nothing broke. Everything seemed Nothing to work. broke. No flubbed lines that I could tell. Uh, we had all the principal cast. No understudies were out that we could see. And I was relieved about that. You always worry about that going in. Like, oh, is somebody going to be absent today? I'm sure they still would have been good. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, think for the first yeah. time seeing it, you prefer. Um, 
but yeah, honestly, like getting back to the the play and the script and and should I go see it? If people are debating whether they want to go see it or not, um, if you've read it, you know what to expect from the story. But go for the amazing technical achievement and 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 go for spending a night you know that will that will make you feel some things like the mm-hmm. moment the moment where Harry and his son are, are interacting or some of these moments that Harry and Dumbledore are you know it's seeing seeing a dramatic being a Harry Potter fan and seeing a a dramatic play like this um in action will always affect you if you're I think a real Harry Potter fan and I don't think you need necessarily even have an open mind um by the way, there was a guy next to me, a few seats down, like freaking smacking through most of part two. That was me, right? Act two. No, oh, it was no, to the left. They were loud, and one person went shh, and he still stopped. He was like fiddling with a container for like ten minutes, and then snacking for the next fifteen. I was like, dude, shut up. Yeah, I'm trying to cry over here. But I went and grabbed the uh, playbill. Excuse me, the show bill. Yeah, that's a big difference, by the way. Yeah, they it's not a playbill, technically. It's called a showbill at Cursed Child because it means that the producers wanted to put a certain number of things in here. Like special ads and... Yes, and like, there's an interview in here, isn't there? Well, there's I an interview. I wanted to read that. Yeah, there's, or... a, there's a summary of all seven books. Like, each, seven, each of the seven years at Hogwarts, there's a, a summary of each of those years for the layperson who's seeing this show. Yes. So that's cool. But so there's this there okay this isn't an interview but in this pamph in this playbill there's this article called Harry Potter the boy protected by his mother's love consultant psychiatrist Dr. Shirley Gracias on how early childhood experiences can shape the adults we become. Mm. Why is there an essay in here from a child psychiatrist about <sighs> a, 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 it's to lend credence to the idea that <laughs> That 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 this that this is realistic. That this has weight to it. That, exactly. Yeah, that it's le- that it's realistic story art for the characters to to undertake, which I think is just garbage. But it is so strange that they felt the need to put an uh, essay by a psychiatrist in here. Like I, that just says to me. And which one is that? Part one. This is the part one. Is pa- there one in part I think two it's... about like dads and their kids? <laughs> oh, maybe know. there should be because there's definitely some. Well, both with. Uh, Harry and, and Albus, and then with Scorpius and Draco. Draco. Like, isn't the story, isn't the play supposed to teach you what the psychiatrist might be saying here? Like, why do you need this additional context? That just says to me they want to give people extra info because the story was not the most well-written thing, and they're trying to explain why this story would come into existence in the first place. I think... Ugh. I wow, you threw that pretty far across it's, the room. It's wet. I don't want to keep oh, it. Oh, I'm yeah. Um, I'm not that angry that that interview exists. I I, th- I think though that I think there is a disconnect between what these playwriters, uh, whose initials start with J, um, all of them, uh, you know, think this play accomplished. You know what? I'm not a parent. I can't even speak to this. If you're a parent who had kids and you feel like having like being a parent is well represented in this play. I'm not going to say anything against that. That's fine. You know, like I, I can't talk. I guess this. No, I, I guess this I, interview I, exists because yeah. somebody out there is going to find it meaningful. Yeah, I and that's that's fair enough. I hope parents do find it meaningful. Yeah, but I mean, what what this play does for me, I think now now having seen it is is it shows me 
it's it's actually really difficult because everything that worked, all, all of the amazing magical stuff, which I can't stop talking about, I won't stop talking about, could have been better suited in a better written story. It's mm-hmm. that. It's the bottom line. Every scene that wowed me, I thought this would be even better in a better play or with a better script, propping up a better story. Yeah. And that's what that's what sort of grinds my gears is unless there's a Cursed Child 3, which I hope there's not. Um, you know, this is the Harry <laughs> Potter show. This is the Harry Potter show that we're getting live stage and you got to kind of suck it up and go see it because what they're doing is amazing. Um, regardless of the story. Somebody's asking, Andrew, did you cry during the staircase scene? That's something I said I would do uh, last episode. The answer is no, but I guess I should ask you guys, how did you feel about Albus and Scorpius? Were you getting the gay vibes going on? They ship Rose a lot in this. Scor- At the end. Scorpius and Rose, he's always talking about Rose. At the end. It's weird. The this- whole whole story they're developing, you know, a close bind and... Oh, I would be stuck in a hole for forty years with, with you. you. Yeah, yeah, there's no this show. You're compl- <laughs> you were oh, from day one. You've been completely right. Now having seen it about how this play treats that relationship. Yeah, they are one foot in one sandbox and one foot in the completely opposite sandbox. About it's crazy whether they're together or not. There's these lines like you two mean a lot to each other. I can tell, or you two right. are each other's. Yeah, you two are each other's everything. Yeah, Delphi was like you two belong together. Yeah. What? What? I'm just so numb to it ever happening that it doesn't. I don't even have an effect. I thought anymore. you were wearing a shirt tonight. You went with your I know I should have. No, no I, definitely there. There's there's lines there, and there's there's moments there where you're wondering if that's going to happen. But I would also say that I think, and they they did a good job explaining this, is that these both of them were very much isolated growing up. It seems like, and they have parental issues right as we were just talking about and i think at least what i took away from it is these were two people who are finding each other that very much needed somebody else as their counterpart as as a best friend and whether it goes beyond that at some point who knows right yeah we don't know cursed child three as eric just said (laughs) i look but but I <laughs> but they both pursue that. females in this story. They do. They no, do. they absolutely do. And um, you know, Albus with with Delphi and and Scorpius with with Rose. But um, I think at least the the way that it was written. And again, I'll say like there were definitely some some lines and some moments there. The staircase scene being one of them. But I feel like it was very much about you know, people who were lonely growing up finding somebody somebody that they could relate to and that they could, you know, kind of go on this adventure with very much like Harry, Ron and Hermione did at the beginning of, and they're not all that different, right? I mean, Hermione's, you know, a muggle. She's coming from outside of the wizarding world. Ron, you know, has sibling issues and Harry's an orphan. So I mean, it's, it, they're not they're they're both with albus and scorpius they're not starting out all that much differently yeah and there is that line as well that draco has about being alone about how lonely it was to have no one to have crab and goyle as friends who were not near as good friends as ron and hermione yeah. were uh so i think loneliness is definitely a good theme but you know where it falls short is explaining how delphi felt growing up she grew up yeah. you know alone in the world and delphi is probably the most mistreated character in this in this show as far as by the show like 
I had high expectations for Delphi, and I didn't like her. And that's not to say the actress wasn't good. I think the play does not have a compelling villain or, or allow her enough time to really be menacing necessarily yeah. she's by the time she gets around to taking over she's a force to be stopped but you don't really get apart from a couple lines of i just wanted to meet my father you don't really kind of buy it or like her or or root or i i, I don't know how i feel how do you guys feel about delphi Delphi's Delphi. <laughs> she's just like she's always going to be that glaring Voldemort at a kid kind of. Yeah, kind of. Like thing. I thought the the actress was very good. I just don't really have an opinion about. She's her. the main villain of this show. I know, but like that's my point. Not having an opinion about her is acceptable. Yeah. but it's not acceptable. Well, for because them. to me the story is about Albus and Scorpius, and not in a gay way. <laughs> just, just, just being friends who are getting through some trouble that they did get themselves into. You know, Delphi is the villain here. She's the antagonist. But Albus and Scorpius do cause a lot of the things that end up happening. I mean, they could have, for example, smashed a time turner much earlier on and not, you know, invited yeah. Delphi over for the big time turning destroying ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's that tattoo on your back? Wait a second. <laughs> and here's a point I was unclear on. Does Luce, did, So Draco Malfoy did have a time turner after all. And all these yeah. rumors that they went back in time. Did he go back in time to have more time with Astoria? Or did he and Astoria and Scorpius go back in time at any point to That's have never more addressed. time But together? Draco says he got it from his dad because his dad likes collecting those types of things. Yeah, it was unclear because he, he talked about hiding Scorpius away from the world when Scorpius was a kid. But he wouldn't have hit him in the past or Scorpius would be older than he really is. Yeah. No, I don't think he ever used it. Okay. I know he said he wanted to use it after a story he died to go visit her and never would. Because he'd give it. Did he say that? Yeah, he said, oh. yeah, I'd give my soul for another minute with her. Oh. Or whatever. But it was unclear if at first they used the time turner for either to stay her maledictine blood curse. Did you catch that word? She had a malediction. Mm-hmm. She's like uh, that Nagini girl in Fantastic Beasts 2. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Maledictus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah. some kind of blood curse mm-hmm. going on there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. That uh, let's look at the uh, questions I asked you guys last week. Oh, um, I love it. What character are you most looking forward to? Eric, you said Ginny and Ron Hermione, and like I said, Working Dad Harry. Oh yeah, still... working, working Dad Harry. There, <laughs> what do you there, think of Working Dad Harry? Is that actually like why that? you like Part One? Because that was there was a lot of Working <laughs> Dad uh, Harry in that. Yeah, I was gonna say I I don't I don't know that the the Working Dad component came through that much at home. I definitely like we saw him a couple times at the Ministry. Uh, but I, I like the actor who uh, portrayed Harry in this. I thought he was he was really good. I, I grew to not only like him but love him throughout the throughout the show. Seeing him, um, yeah, absolutely bought that he was. The, the interaction with McGonagall was a little bit weird. Overall, uh, yeah, when they're kind of yelling back and forth that at each other. Scene. Oh, I, I I was glad that it was. Handled more gracefully than the play puts it, but the play did not hold any punches when he tells Albus that he doesn't. No, I thought that was delivered yeah. strongly and and as well as you could possibly but deliver lets, that line. He lets McGonagall off a little easy, I think, in that delivery, um, which is how I prefer it because that he's horrible to McGonagall. But now I would I would definitely change that to uh, Scorpius. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Scorpius. I would say, um, God, who was I most impressed by? 
Probably Hermione, actually. Yeah, yeah she's really good. Just just Hermione. She's Noma. She's, yeah, Noma is is really good. And then what was your favorite scene, Eric? You said tro- oh, you said what scene you were looking forward to? Trolley, and then Micah said church scene. What if do I you think? Could, yeah. Huh? What do you think of the church scene, Micah? After all that, uh, I thought it was good. I liked the uh, the polyjuice into Voldemort, which yeah. is what I was looking forward to. Uh, and then you know there was a lot with Delphi and as the augury and kind of rising and falling the battle with Harry and Albus uh, against her. And uh, so I, I thought it lived up as far as what would be my favorite scene now. I would probably have to take it back to part one, with the polyjuice when they're breaking yeah. into the ministry. Yeah. So fun. Uh, then the book. And then that scene, goes right. The bookcase scene was awesome. The bookcase yeah. scene and, and the breaking into the ministry. That's like, Really big highs early on in the show that are yeah. like really, really, really good. Uh, so part one or part two, what ended up being better? You both thought part two would be better. Uh, he says part one now. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, says, I thought part one was better. And I like part two better. Part two is very stirring though, especially at the end when they're watching, you know, Voldemort kill James and Lily. Like, I still that's don't rough. think that's necessary, yeah. And, we, then, and then the bed burning and the Hagrid walks in. The burning crib, man. I wow. Oh, was that a crib? Is that what that was? I guess. I, I thought it was a crib. Yeah. It might not have been, well, he picks Harry up out of it, so it probably isn't a burning crib. That's true. It remind, it, it's very evocative. It's very striking when you yeah. see it. You're just like, whoa. Uh, Eric, you were looking forward to the score by Emojin Heap. You know what? That did not disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> I, I re- if that's on Spotify, I want it. It's it, not, I don't think. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. I it, didn't pay much attention to it. Oh, really? Really? Every t- transitions that they were doing where the whole company is just dancing and shit and yeah. swishing their... When it got loud, it was good. Like, there's that one scene where, uh, like, transition scene where Albus is, like, doing all these crazy wand moves with a group of people. I didn't like, get that. Yeah. I didn't it was random, but I thought it was, that. I was into it, though. It, it was, was like, are they dance. learning magic for the first time? Because it's technically, like, year three, and they're doing, like, Lumos. And I'm like, eh, this is weird. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was very, very, very cool, though. That was about it for the questions. Um, you're feeling better about it. I take it both of you now. I'm glad I saw it. And I think that that's, it is absolutely meant to be seen because it's actually truly astonishing what they're doing on stage. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, I wish the story were better. Simple as that. But it's, if you, if you have the money to spend and now you can see it in New York, you don't even need to go all the way to London. You yeah. should. And it's coming to well, Australia. Well, it depends where you live. It depends yeah. where these people who are listening yeah. live. Oh my God. I can't believe it's coming to Australia. It's crazy to think there's going to be three productions running simultaneously. Yeah. Like I'm not surprised, but it's just crazy to think that all that magic will be happening Every night in three different countries around the world. They should just video it and they should I release know. it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Speaking of video and releasing in theaters, you also saw Puffs while you were here. I did see Puffs the play. Uh, yeah, I saw it on uh, Sunday night. Yes, I saw it on Sunday night. But apparently you didn't think you liked it as much as Micah did? I have to say I uh, I had some issues with it as a, as a Hufflepuff. Um, I had some issues. Again... The production is actually really, really good. You have some very fast-paced choreography going into and out of uh, sets and doors and, and, and things like that. Very zippy. Uh, obviously, it's, it's meant to be a comedy. It's a parody show. Um, so I thought the laughs were all there. Uh, but I do think that it uh, fails to execute uh, the, this premise that I, maybe I threw onto the play, which was um, what to do if you're conflicted about being a Hufflepuff. 
I think in the end, unfortunately for me, Puff's the play uh, didn't solve that question. It, it, it doesn't answer the question, what do you do if you are not feeling good about being a Hufflepuff? The lessons that it teaches are not, I, I think, helpful to me as a, a former Gryffindor turned Hufflepuff. And that's a real shame. And I think parts of the play laugh at Hufflepuffs more than they laugh with Hufflepuffs. Oh, so Eric's feeling a little burned. I'm feeling Whereas Micah good. went in as, what, Griff- Ravenclaw, Ravenclaw? And you were like, ha ha, yeah, Hufflepuffs do suck. So, <laughs> uh, the thing I'll say, yeah. Best play ever. <laughs> the thing I'll say about Puffs, it's a, it's a good, much cheaper alternative with The Cursed Child, and you may find more laughter in it. Um, well, and the reason I transitioned with and uh, being in movie theaters soon, I don't know if we ever talked about it on MuggleCast, but they're going to be showing it in movie theaters in, uh, over two nights. I think streaming live? I'm not sure. I might go, honestly, because seeing it in a theater would be a good experience with friends. But then soon after that, they're going to be releasing it digitally, and I just haven't had a chance to, to see it. So me, that'll be the chance I can sit at home and actually watch it. It'll be fun to watch a play on camera like i've never actually done that before i don't think you know just watch the recorded oh, presentation of a show like a bootleg hamilton you know what i mean that i saw yeah oh yeah i don't i haven't done that mm. um any other thoughts we'll talk about it more in the weeks ahead i'm sure we have some other news to talk about that we'll talk about yeah what i want to do is i want to go through the playbill uh for both parts and do a little bit more or show bill and do a little bit more investigation um, shout out to more different cast members that we saw, that kind of a thing. I, I, I'm really glad that we did this genuinely, and I, I think that um, it's a hell of a production in general. And, and if you do happen to be seeing it in the coming months, you know, don't get rid of your ticket. It's like, it's, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know. I'm just glad you two aren't going to hate on it anymore. Oh, End the, of an well, era. I think when it comes to the story, I'm always going to hate it. Um, but, but you hate it less now, right? Th- this was... I would absolutely choose to watch it for five hours than to sit and read it at home for five hours or, or yeah. 20 hours, however long it's going to take me to read 200 pages. So, or no, less than five hours, less than 20 hours. How much was that Voldemort Day shirt, by the way? $30. All t-shirts, okay. and this is what I liked, all the t-shirts were the same price, whether it was the House Crests or Voldemort Day, which they rolled out at the end of, you know, part two or the end of part one. Yeah. Um... The pens in the gift shop, so I did actually do some research. Each of the house pens are $10, or you can get quill pens, the ballpoint pens that are quills, which they don't sell down in Orlando, or at least they didn't used to the last time I was there. They use them. You know, all the cashiers have them, the the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the quills, yeah, yeah. the pens that are quills. Probably those, get them on Amazon for like $2. Those are also $10. <laughs> um and did we look at the the program show program? No, uh, I bought it last time. I want to say it's like twenty bucks or something. And your hoodie was <sighs> probably forty or, 40 or something. something like that. I, I will say there was an opportunity to gouge Harry Potter fans with this gift shop, and I don't necessarily think they did. Yeah, I guess not. My bottle of water was six dollars, and I was genuinely shocked by that. I thought it would be more money. Yeah, I did get today a souvenir cup because when you buy the beer, you can upgrade or soda. You can upgrade, quote unquote to the souvenir cup although apparently micah got it without an upgrade yeah i just no fair got a soda and it was eight bucks yeah they told me it was just four dollars when i ordered a drink they were like if you want a souvenir cup it's an extra four and they gave me the cup but didn't pour anything in it so i have a fresh cup for just four dollars well when i went back for part two they only charged me four dollars for the soda because oh, you used your uh, cup yeah. oh interesting oh okay well that's good then uh when you see it again 
cursed child. Not soon. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be a little while. Yeah. Because well, it is it's a long time commitment. I'm seeing it Saturday, so yeah, I'll lucky let you know you. what that lucky experience you. is like. Well, no, I'm actually looking forward to seeing it again with somebody who I care about, unlike you two. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I'm really glad that the three of us, I really am glad that the three of us, I sat next to Mike, it was a wonderful time. No, I I had fun too, sitting next to Edward. Actually, on my left were two people who had seen it in London, and they were big fans, and they were adorable because they were older than us, I want to say they were in their 40s or something, and the woman next to me was like, she would like silently cheer them on when they like nailed a line. I think she, I got the impression she has the script book memorized because like she would like Scorpio would say something and then she would like kind of like shake her fists in joy like, oh my God, yes, he pulled it out perfectly. Like, wow. It's like me at a Bruce Springsteen show. I'd be like, oh my God, he nailed that so loud. She was like, oh my God, Scorpio's nailed that line. Oh my God. Well, there were only bigger Harry Potter fans than us then, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Where's their podcast? Yeah, I know, right? I memorized it. It was one of those things where it's like, I could tell them, but I'm not, you know, it's a whole story you have to end up going into yeah. so i didn't i need like a card like, we need business check cards. Out yeah, Cast. Yeah, yeah yeah that's what we should have been chilling while we were there uh, anyway um yeah so on the next episode we'll t- hogwarts mystery the app was also released today yes i opened it and i created a character but i they I haven't even been sorted yet i went through uh a charms class that's as Ooh. far as i've gotten uh, we'll talk about it more. And then there there was also a new Fantastic Beast clip that came out. And there was something interesting about Dumbledore. I heard some crazy things, yeah. So we'll talk about that on the next episode. And, and we know who Jessica Williams will be. Oh, yeah. that's the, Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so lots to talk about. Um, and yeah, we did get a uh, Patreon giveaway. Yes, what did we get? Oh, you don't even know, actually, do you? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> a bought, mystery. No, they were, uh, it's a Hogwarts mystery. Um, so, Voldemort Day something, right? A Voldemort Day sticker set and then a pin. So, so, but I got two of each, so we'll send two people Voldemort Day sticker set, set which is actually cool because it also has, like, the Slytherin stickers from Voldemort Day and they're kind of they're they're like snake designs they look evil they're they're pretty cool and um the lapel so that'll be that'll be make sure it's somebody who likes Cursed Child (laughs) because otherwise oh yeah I think they're cool designs whether or not you yeah I have a Voldemort Day shirt but it's too small for me now so is it this logo yeah oh okay cool yeah it looks Um, hot topic-y to me a little bit but like in the retro like when I shopped at Hot Topic kind of way like, right, right. Back worse. before they were like, we can't be an emo store. Did they anymore. change over the merchandise for part two? They added the Voldemort stuff. Oh, they added the Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. They put up over. They had a Voldemort Day poster yes. that glows in the dark, and I was so close to buying it. Actually, I tried to, and then they were like, "Oh, we're out." But try over in the lobby, and I did, and they had them. But then I was having second thoughts because I'm like, "Am I going to hang up a Voldemort Day poster in my house?" Like, I like it, but I'm trying to put real decorations in my house right now yeah. yeah i just bought a condo i want it to look like you know i don't a big I boy house a big boy right and i just hate put to it say in the that guest room. put it in the guest put everything I, childish yeah. in the guest room and then well the other thing is that it says on it harry potter and the cursed child whereas that what oh. you're wearing doesn't have harry potter i have to show you my butt it. real quick because i need you oh to, it I, has that does it does it 
No, it doesn't. Thank God. This is the one shirt that doesn't say like lyric theater. My hoodie has that on yes, the back. Yes, I saw it on the and it's glittery, just like the front. Yeah, on the yeah on the butt. It's lyric theater, theater in New York City. Ugh. Oh, you checking out my butt? No, I just want to know where Chris Child is. <laughs> It's an interesting placement for additional text that is unexpected. On it is. It's strange. I saw it on a mannequin. But it was unique, and that's why I was kind of... It's still it. a cool hoodie. I support it. I might buy a house shirt, because those, the house at emblems... They were cool. ...are different. And they were understated, you know? Like, they were in the background in a couple scenes when they're in the hall or whatever, and... Right. That's about it. It wasn't over... It wasn't in your face, these are the new Hufflepuff designs, Yeah. Or, these are the new house designs. And, uh, by the way, for anyone who cares, the Voldemort Day poster will actually come in a tube, which is very helpful when you're in the city. Oh, and in a theater, even, just trying in to manage... Theater, yeah. Trying to get it out of the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, I think we're gonna go to bed now. Yeah. Did you finish your beer? I did. I don't know if I finished mine. You did not. Oh, I oh, we did. have to keep talking till you Mike do. Mike has been staring longingly at it. Uh, final thoughts on our experience tonight and in New York City. Anybody? What do you have to say, Micah? I. Any other thoughts about the show that's been bugging you? No, I mean, I would say uh, one other thing I did enjoy was, and it's a small thing, but how they um, had. Members of the cast, depending on where you were in the story, like when you were coming back or, or just starting out, they would do like the cell phone thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. So like... At like the, put away your phone. Yeah. At the beginning, I couldn't exactly tell who it was. But when you came back from the intermission of part one, it was, I believe, Hermione mm-hmm. who yep. did it. Um, Minister of the, the Magic. Minister for Magic. But then as you were going into the start of part two, I think it was Umbridge. Umbridge. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do one for coming out of the intermission of part two. They just kind of went right into the uh, story. But uh, yeah, no, I thought that was cool. Then, And you guys talked about it, just the whole experience inside the theater, the way that they were able to set it up, both, you know, the stage, but then everything else uh, all around. I think one thing we didn't touch on, but just the the black lighting uh, when they're in the... um, nursing home and they're discovering you know who delphi is and and they are able to kind of make all that come alive around literally the entire theater that was crazy uh, the only thing cool in that was the dementors at the end of part one yeah yeah i like the black light effect more because it's like that's a truly like how did they do that because it truly is on every wall and every part of the ceiling well i joke the writing yeah i joke that in 20 years time when a new show is there, we have to still hold a black light up and see if the writing is oh, still yeah. there. Because yeah. it's clearly like it's invisible, I don't know. Well, reactive. some of it's probably projection, right? And some of it's probably really there. Oh, it would be crazy if it was all projection. I don't... <sighs> I think it was actually black light because my shirt it was It looks purple. like... Yeah, yeah. My white, white shirt shirts. Was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be something. And you could see the purple beams coming. Yeah, it was really nuts. Amazing. But, like, really all in. Yeah, I would just say overall, uh, you know, if you're able to do it. I know number one tickets are obviously not always that no. uh, inexpensive, but if you're able to get a good deal in Friday 40, maybe yeah. yeah, you're in New York and um, you're able to invest that time because that's the other piece of it, right? We know it's, it's expensive. We know it's a time commitment. The, the part one was what? Two hours, 40 minutes. Part two was two hours, 35 minutes. How did you guys feel about the pacing? Did you feel like it was slow or? I was surprised because I kept feeling like more time had passed than I actually had. 
but not in a bad, I'm tired way. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought that it occupied, like, wow, that was only an hour and a half before the first intermission. Like, they covered a lot of ground. So, there is a lot to it. Yeah. Five and a half hour play, but it didn't feel slow to me. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, it's two and a half hours. There's a 20 minute intermission, meaning each part is like an hour 10. Mm-hmm. So, you're not exactly even sitting for a long period of time. Like, you get to stretch for a good 20 minutes. So even if even though it's like, oh my god, it's two parts, five hours. They're like an hour apiece. Bite size. Yeah, it's bite. That, exactly. It's like binging shows on Netflix. Somebody next to me said that. They really? Said, this is like binging a Netflix show. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. like you get to see all the parts in one night. It's yeah. like sitting down and, you know. Yeah, you get up, you go to the bathroom, you get water, you sit back down another hour. Okay, time for dinner. You go eat dinner, you exactly. come back. My takeaway final thought is I actually really liked uh, the scene with um, Cedric Diggory uh, that uh, oh, yeah. Albus and Scorpius get to talk to him briefly. And it was kind of a, a nice, nice moment that I thought was special and worthy of a shout out. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And Albus is like, your dad loves you very much. That was sweet. Are you my task? Are you my task? Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yes. For yes. Well, thank you, patrons, for uh, helping us do this live show here on uh, a Thursday. Oh, it's Wednesday night, but it rolled over to Thursday. Rolled over to Thursday now. I'm trying oh, to think yeah. if you've ever done a podcast at midnight before. I'm sure we have. Maybe. Uh, and we used to on the other podcast. The question that I have is, when are we getting together to record the holiday? <laughs> Commentary. I don't know. We got to buy Micah his copy, and then we'll yeah. uh, You got to come to uh, Chicago. Sit around, watch the holiday. Sit around, watch the holiday. No, yeah, but it's part uh, of the seven 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 challenge perks. Do you have any thoughts about we ha- what we had to say? Uh, Mugglecast at gmail dot com, twitter dot com slash mugglecast, facebook dot com slash mugglecast. We'll get back to the quizage game next week. Yeah, we got some correct answers. So submit the rest of yours over on Twitter. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening and your support. We'll see you next time. Bye. Say your names. Oh, I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'll mic it. Just in case anybody wanted to. Bye. Bye.